You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You're listening to Bloomberg Law. I'm Greg Storer in our 99.1 studios here in Washington, along with Michael Best in New York. Donald Trump's new travel ban isn't faring any better in court than his first one did. Late yesterday, a federal judge in Hawaii halted Trump's latest effort to block people from a handful of largely Muslim countries from entering the U.S. Judge Derek Watson said the policy was driven by religious animus, likely violating the Constitution, even though Trump had moved away from the explicit ban on Muslims that he proposed during the presidential campaign. At his re-election rally in Nashville yesterday, Trump was defiant. You don't think this was done by a judge for political reasons, do you? No. <laughs> this ruling makes us look weak, which, by the way, we no longer are, believe me. Just look at our borders. Adding to the administration's problems, a judge in Maryland separately issued an order blocking a portion of the travel ban. With us to discuss these new developments are Hans von Spakovsky, a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and David Beer, an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Welcome to you both. Hans, you've defended this policy, and by its terms, it talks about countries, not religion. But Judge Watson pointed to a long list of comments from Trump and some of his aides and advisors that that suggested the goal was the same as it was when Trump was explicitly calling for a religious test. So was Judge Watson wrong? Yeah, I think he was. Look, you can can have a debate, uh, and I'm sure I could have a debate uh, with the Cato Institute, about whether this is a good policy or necessary policy, but that is not the issue or shouldn't be the issue in this case. The issue should be, has the president acted within the authority delegated to him by by Congress? And I found it simply amazing that you can read through the entire 43-page opinion issued by the, the judge in Hawaii, and there is no discussion about the legality or constitutionality of the federal immigration provision on which the order was explicitly based. This is Section um, 1182F uh, of the U.S. Code um, uh, that gives the president the power to suspend the entry of any aliens or class of entry uh, or class of aliens if he believes it'll be detrimental to the interests of the United States. There's no discussion of that provision anywhere in in the order, and that's what the judge should have done and didn't do. Well, David, you know, to follow up on on that point, it it seems as though the judge, at least in Hawaii, felt that the uh, 
there was a constitutional problem with the order, notwithstanding any congressional delegation of power here. So you've got a broad delegation of power from Congress. I don't think anyone disputes that. And the president's uh, supporters in the, in the White House depend on that as their argument. But if there's a if the judge is right that there is an animus here, is there a constitutional limit on what the president can do as regards immigration? There are. Um, there were several noted in the Ninth Circuit uh, court decision that uh, originally barred the first order. Um, but I would say that I think Hans is, is correct. I agree that the court should have focused on the statutory question here. I would just disagree with the assessment that the president has the power that he's asserting. Um, Section 202 of the Immigration and Nationality Act specifically bar the president um, or any executive official from discriminating against immigrants based on nationality. And this provision was instituted in 1965. It came after these earlier provisions uh, that Hans discussed, uh, talking about uh, the president's power to bar entry. Um, so this Section 202 that was enacted in 1965 would be seen as limiting this earlier provision of law. Um, and, it, and it goes even beyond that. When Congress amended these, these uh, immigration laws in 1965, it not only enacted this blanket prohibition on discrimination, but it also enacted a statutory scheme intended to produce unbiased immigration between countries. Uh, before, we had the Chinese Exclusion Act. We had the Asiatic Bar Zone. And Congress in 1965 was saying, no, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to have uh, immigrant visas uh, issued equally between uh, the nations. And uh, really what Trump is trying to do is overturn that system. Hans, uh, another thing Judge Watson talked about, was he said that the connection between this policy and any actual acts of terrorism was pretty weak. And, and the policy itself mentions a couple of past incidents, but one had to do with Iraqis who were not covered by this policy, and the other had to do with a Somali who came here as a child. So even if we sort of grant that the president has very broad authority over national security, how does this, this even pass sort of the, the, the laugh test? Well, the, the, the executive order just gave a couple of examples. It couldn't list the, I think, more than 60 uh, examples of individuals convicted for terrorism-related uh, activities from these uh, originally seven countries uh, from a Senate um, um, committee report from, from last year. But the other point that they just kind of gloss over is the fact that, look, three of these countries are considered by the U.S. State Department to be state sponsors of terrorism. And as the government said very uh, uh, explicitly in his brief, uh, that makes vetting very difficult for people coming from those countries because you can't trust the information being given to you by the government. Three of the other uh, nations uh, in this, uh, in this uh, designated list are countries of concern, as designated by the prior administration, who also have uh, big terrorist ties or failing governments, which makes it extremely difficult to vet people coming from those countries. All of those things taken together give a solid basis for what the president did. And, and by the way, just very quickly, um, 
I have to mention that the Supreme Court has, uh, since that 1965 provision that David was talking about, has in, in more than one case for, uh, upheld the, the ability of the president, again, to suspend the entry of aliens. You may recall in 92, George H.W. Bush issued an executive order barring refugees from Haiti from coming into the country. Bill Clinton continued that ban, and it was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court in a case in 1993. David, we have about 30 seconds, but um, is it appropriate for the courts to be looking at whether or not there are security incidents from these countries when it considers these questions? I think it's appropriate to look at whether or not he's using a pretext to discriminate. Um, I would just note on the Supreme Court case, it was really not addressed to people who were eligible for immigrant visas, who are being petitioned by U.S. citizens who have rights in the United States to our access to our immigration system. And what President Trump is doing is really not analogous to what these other presidents have done in the past. He's enacting a blanket ban on immigration from these countries, and that's really not uh, in accord with the statutes or with the laws. And, you know, I would really think that the courts will uphold, uh, you know, this provision. David, we're going to have to leave it there. I want to thank uh, David Beer of the Cato Institute, Han von, von Spakowski of the, the um, Heritage Foundation. And uh, coming up, uh, that's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back tomorrow. And coming up on Bloomberg Radio, Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson. Stay tuned for that and more here on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.